Hello everyone, welcome to the Got A Case of Wanderlust podcast, a show dedicated to all things travel. I'm your host Lydia, and on this episode, you'll hear a conversation between me and another fellow traveler that will hopefully inspire you for your next travel adventure. If you enjoy listening, consider following the show and giving it a rating on Spotify, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. It would mean so much to me. All right, thank you so much for being here today. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the God of Case of Wanderlust podcast. We have another special guest. This time her name is Lauren McClacklin. She's from Scotland and is a level three Hatha yoga instructor and founder of her own yoga company, Ebb and Flow Yoga. And personally, I absolutely love yoga, so I'm super excited to dive into what it takes to become a yoga instructor and run your own studio, and especially incorporating that into your travels. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited again to talk with you. Um, The first question I always like to start out with, though, is what sparked your wanderlust? Um, I think for me, because Scotland is such a small country there, I mean, it's a beautiful country, you know, I love the hills and the water and everything here but um i think our culture just isn't as diverse as other cultures so growing up um i just had very similar people to me around me and as i started to get a bit older i just wanted to meet other people from different cultures and learn about how they live their lives and um yeah just explore really i just love exploring so um yeah I would say that's kind of how how the the passion came about and ever since I've uh, been younger I've just loved traveling and I just want to keep doing it forever so (laughs) what places have you been to so far I've been I've been very lucky very very lucky Uh, I've been to quite a few places um in Europe like Italy Hungary um Spain France Germany, Denmark, been to New York, Egypt, Dominican Republic, Greece. Uh, yeah, like quite a few, I think, uh, Croatia. Um, yeah, I've, I've been to a fair few countries. I mean, living in Europe, it's so much easier here. I'm very privileged that I can take a you know, three-hour flight and be in a different country completely with a completely different culture. So, yeah. Uh, yes, definitely perks of being in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to learn more about Scotland because I've pers- I don't think I've ever met someone from Scotland. So can you talk about what it was like growing up there and maybe um, how your culture is compared to what you experience in other countries? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a very small coastal town on the west coast of Scotland. Um, It was actually where the TV was invented by John Logie Baird. So although it's not a super well-known town here, it's actually got uh, quite a rich history. So um, it was a very small town, probably 15,000 people population-wise. Scotland is typically known for being very cold, and uh, the people are, I would say, super friendly, but we have some quite thick accents that I know other people find intimidating, but we've definitely got our own kind of sense of humour. So um, I've loved growing up in Scotland. I feel so lucky to be surrounded by beautiful hills. Um, we have Munros, which I'm not sure if you know about Munros, but 
if a hill is over 3,000 feet is classed as a Munro, I think there's something like 268, that's probably completely wrong, uh, Munros in Scotland. And people do this thing called Munro bagging, where they try and essentially bag, try and do all the Munros. Um, and we've got beautiful lochs and uh, yeah, the scenery is is gorgeous. The weather is not always the best. I know people go on about the weather right now. It's like a stunning, a stunning day today. So, um, but yeah, culture wise, we are known for our Kaylee dancing, Scottish Kaylee dancing, which you do learn in school when you're growing up. Um, and then typically uh, we would have Kayleys at weddings or big parties, birthday parties, and I absolutely love them. I love dancing. Uh, you get thrown about, you get your toes stood on. <laughs> but uh, if you don't come away with bruises, you've not you've not done a Kaylee right. So, um, yeah, I would say our culture is different from other other countries that I've been to. Um, I find here we don't have as much of a a social culture, I want to say, um, you know, when I've been to the likes of Spain and Italy during people's lunch breaks, you might go out to eat together or meet after work. Um, typically, there's always something going on in the evening in those countries, and that doesn't just involve drinking. However, in Scotland, that's a lot less common. Um, after work, there's really not much to do here apart from uh, drinking. So Unfortunately, we have quite a big drinking culture here, um, which I think is why a lot of people like to get away to other countries to actually experience um, other activities to do. So, yeah, that's kind of how I would sum it up. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, that dance sounds super fun. And yeah. it's also interesting. I feel like in northern countries, that's a similar pattern that people aren't as social as say like the warmer climates once you get further south it's an interesting um kind of comparison there yeah and it's funny because so this weekend has been well what is class in scotland is really hot it's been 21 degrees celsius here um and suddenly you see everyone going out to the park so as soon as it gets hot you'll just get a load of people that like to be outside so it makes me wonder that if everyone of these people lived in in a hotter country, they'd probably spend a lot more time outdoors <laughs> doing other things. Yeah, that's exactly how it is here in Chicago, where I'm from. Like during the winter months, everyone knows it's super cold here. But in the summer, it gets surprisingly hot. Like it, it was just in, in Fahrenheit, it was in the high 80s. So super hot. Everyone's outside. I love it, though. I thrive in summer. Yeah, I've never been there, but I really want to go. So Yeah, definitely let me know if you come to Chicago. I will, yeah. Yeah, you'll need to give me a list of things to do. <laughs> For sure. Um, so what aspects of life in Scotland would you say you cherish most and which aspects would you like to change? Oh, good question. Um, I love the the outdoor kind of culture that we have for climbing hills and going... Um, people call it cold dipping or cold water therapy. So because our lochs are so freezing cold, um, it's something I do myself, go out and either just take a dip or take a swim in the loch. And I love that kind of culture because it's becoming a lot more popular now and it doesn't really matter what kind of weather or time of year it is. You will always get people out doing that of all ages. Um, and it's a great way to 
clear your mind and be with other people but um I just think it's so therapeutic so I really really like that um I like Scottish people's passion for their country I think um yeah they are very they are very passionate about it when it comes to the Kaylee dancing or the bagpipes with the music um and there is a bit of a divide I'm not sure if you know between Scotland and England and sometimes it's it's uh, not so good however you can see Scottish people's passion come out I think we're known as sometimes being quite angry um, which can be true but I also think we're very loving people and just very down to earth as well I think Scottish people don't take themselves too seriously and I really appreciate that Um, things that I would change I would say top one for me is drinking culture um when I was a bit younger I used to drink a lot so you know I can't I can't speak here but I don't really tend to drink now and I've definitely seen a shift in myself um and what it's like to go out and be completely sober and I think a lot of people here completely rely on alcohol um quite a lot of the time and uh, it starts from a very very young age so that is something I would definitely change. Um, but I can see, like I said, with the hill walking and the cold water therapy, a lot more people are getting into that now, um, which is good. So uh, other things I would change, I suppose, like I mentioned earlier, just having more activities to do in the evenings that aren't just pubs and clubs. Like um, I love in European cities where there's cafes open or maybe outdoor festivals and you might get them sort of once a year here but not often so yeah I suppose just more more activities more things to do Mm. okay yeah same thing for Chicago I think it is though hard to have activities year-round because you are so dependent on the weather but I think you bring up a really good like thing to keep in mind is that you don't have to drink to have fun like being sober is actually super cool yes. <laughs> um, and better for your health, of course, your liberty. Exactly. Is it a big culture in Chicago? Um, I would say I'm not really sure because I'm still underage here. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and yeah, I don't have a fake ID, so I'm not really into that part of life yet. But yeah, I would say, yeah, like the nightlife in Chicago is um, very heavily dependent upon drinking. Like there's nothing... Um, that I could do I guess in the nightlife besides go to bars or something okay yeah it's the same here I think it's um sort of I know our drinking ages are different but when you turn 18 here you can go out but I think under the age of 18 there's not much to do like I remember growing up in the town I was in I couldn't wait to turn 18 so I could actually have something to do and I think that's not a great way to grow up so right yeah same struggles here. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we move on to the yoga, I would love to um, for you to share anything visitors should know before visiting Scotland or anything to prepare beforehand. Hmm. Okay. Um, Preparation-wise, I'll start with that. Really depends on what time of year you're coming, but something you'll probably hear every Scottish person say is just bring a coat, <laughs> just bring a jacket with you because... Even if it's hot, you never know if it's going to rain and you'll definitely want a jacket. Um, Also preparation wise, if you're in the cities, you're totally fine for transport. 
our train systems aren't the best, but they're they're mostly okay. If you're going to go more to the highlands and hill walking and things, um, definitely look up buses and things beforehand because they can be quite sporadic. So if you're on a tight schedule, you'll want to make sure you know uh, when the transport systems are running. Um, what other things to prepare? Mm. Can't think of anything else really to prepare, but um, sorry, what was the first question? Oh, just any advice for visitors going to Scotland, maybe for the first time? Okay, I would say because it's a small country, you can definitely do quite a lot in a short space of time. You've got the main cities on the central belt, like Edinburgh, the capital, Glasgow, Stirling. Um, my recommendation is to go to the different cities and the highlands. A lot of tourists tend to go to Edinburgh and Edinburgh is a beautiful city. It's got really nice restaurants and um, Arthur's Seat, the hill and really cool things to do. But what I would say is it doesn't reflect Scotland truly. It's actually mostly tourists that live there. Um, and although it is beautiful, I feel like it kind of hides the true nature of Scotland. So. I would say definitely go to Glasgow. I personally prefer Glasgow because I grew up closer to it. Um, I've heard people say to me before they've been scared to visit Glasgow. I can promise you now it's not a scary city. Uh, there's actually a phrase that say people make Glasgow and you'll see it on billboards across the city. And it's, it's very true from the people who are super kind to the people who are the complete opposite. People do make Glasgow and it's such a it's such a great fun city like you'll you'll definitely have a memorable time there I would say um and Stirling is really nice it's very historical with the castle we've got a lot of castles in Scotland um so I would definitely do a short trip of the cities and then visit the highlands or the islands like the Hebrides or Skye uh beautiful like if you can try and visit in summer earlier in summer to avoid the midges, which are terrible if you're camping. Um, but yeah, definitely experience the highlands as well and the islands because it's it's so stunning. And if you're going to do a hike, I recommend trying to get up for sunrise because yeah, you won't regret it. And do a cold dip. I know it's cold, but it's so worth it. Mm, yeah, that's definitely something I wanna do. Um, Scotland, just seems like a beautiful country I'd love to visit one day yeah well let me know if you ever do I will thank you okay so um let's talk about yoga so for those who aren't familiar yoga is an ancient mind and body practice that originates from northern India over 5,000 years ago and its roots have a deeply religious practice in Hinduism um, nowadays in Western culture, yoga has been incorporated into the wellness community due to all of its benefits for, again, body. And personally, I love to do it because it's just, it's a very relaxing form of exercise, but it also calms me. And, and yeah, I feel like it's just a very rejuvenating practice. So there's different reasons why people begin yoga, but Lauren, for you specifically, what inspired you to begin your yoga journey? Um, so I was actually very young. I was 14 when I started, um, which I think is quite young for people who tend to do yoga. Uh, I was in high school and um, one of the girls in my year, her mum started a teen class just 
down from where I lived. So I decided to go along and there was so many other people there on the first class. It was really, really busy and I absolutely loved it. I didn't really have much knowledge of it previously. I'd always been quite an active person, but um, I found it quite challenging and I liked that. So I went back the next week and I was the only one who turned up. So she had to cancel the teenage class and I ended up going to the adult class, which was really funny because um, all the other adults there had kids in, in my year at school. So they were like 30, 40 years older than I was. Um, but I think for me, what really got me was the discipline and the challenge of it. Um, I liked how every time I tried to do a move, there was corrections that needed to be made. And, you know, sometimes I couldn't do certain balancing poses. My balance used to be quite bad. And over time, I started to see um, my progression and realized that I could do it. And it was also a bit of fun. I think the first teacher that I had, she didn't take the class too seriously. You know, we used to make jokes or try new things and she really encouraged that that you didn't need to be perfect and it was okay to fall it was okay to use props and that really really inspired me um I've been to some yoga classes that are a bit more I wouldn't say pre well a, yeah a little bit pressurized so you feel like you need to be perfect and everyone's almost in competition whether the class that I started with was nothing like that and it's just such a comfortable safe environment and I was really really shy growing up so for me that suited me well because I didn't feel out of my depth everyone was welcoming um, and it almost gave me a sense of confidence I felt really safe there so yeah that's how it that's how it started um, so I did that and then when I left high school I moved cities through to well th through here to Sterling and um, I didn't do too much yoga when I moved here in classes just because, again, I was a bit shy and I, I didn't really know what existed around here. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I realised there was actually quite a few studios. So, um, yeah, I ended up working in a, a heat fitness studio where they do hot yoga at 40 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's very hot. <laughs> um and yeah I've done it ever since then so wow that's amazing yeah um so what would you say is the most important lesson that yoga has taught you oh the most important lesson that's such a good question I think it would be patience um I wouldn't say I've always been the most patient person definitely not with myself with others yeah but with myself I put a lot of pressure on and I get very impatient and um it's the thing I love about yoga is that sometimes it's so uncomfortable when you're sitting there and you're meditating you're you're breathing and your mind is wondering and you're you're wanting to be anywhere else in that moment but I love having to sit there with the discomfort and I know that sounds a bit strange, but it really challenges you and makes you be patient and just appreciate what you have in that moment um, and the space around you. And I think just being present. Mm. 
Yeah, I would agree. It definitely teaches you to appreciate the struggle and helps you build resilience for sure, not only in the physical positions, but in your mental strength as well. Yeah. Is that sort of why you practice? Or? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I do it like almost every morning I try to. Just I feel like it sets you up for a nice day ahead. <laughs> and it also is good to kind of wind down so I do it like in the morning or for an evening practice. That's amazing. That's great yeah. that you do it almost every day. Go you. I try. Schedules <laughs> are busy, but it's hard. <laughs> time for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, what would you say to a beginner who is hesitant to try yoga? My number one thing that I hear people tell me all the time is I'm not flexible enough. And I can say with absolute certainty you do not need to be flexible to do yoga so take that pressure off yourself I think just just take the pressure off yourself in general with with what you think yoga is going to be um, and what you think your body can and can't do because if you allow yourself to settle into the practice and be open-minded about it you don't know what you're going to get out of it um and over time through practice your your mind will become more still your view will be more open of the world and you might become more flexible over time but i would say yeah my biggest piece of advice is to just go in with an open mind yeah hmm. yeah i would 100 percent echo that i think a lot of the times when people try something new they want to have immediate benefits so whether that's like physical strength like they want to see physical results yoga isn't about that it's it's more about the long term um the long term run and yeah i think it's important to keep that in mind when you are practicing like it's not about pushing yourself to the limits or you know constantly seeking the end goal it's more about being in the process and learning to appreciate um the journey because <laughs> there's this quote I love the journey is the destination and I feel like that is super applicable to yoga it's so true that's it's very well put and like you were saying about people want to see instant results I think it would be so boring if we all wanted to do something and we were instantly great at it because then you'd have nothing to work towards and you wouldn't feel that sense of um achievement so yeah I think you've put that really well yeah. Um, what attracted you to become a yoga teacher and start Ebb and Flow Yoga? So I actually started teaching, I can't even think what age I was. It was, oh, it was during the pandemic. I started teaching online. Oh, um, no way. You started yeah. during the pandemic. How during was that? It was interesting. So it was only a few classes here and there. Like I was part of a charity with my university and I think we were putting on some kind of like mental health days. So I said, oh, I would happily sort of teach online, like get a bit more experience because I wasn't qualified at that point. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting teaching online. I, I only did a few classes, but I realized I quite enjoyed it, although I was still quite nervous. So um, when I went traveling in, no, that's a lie. Sorry, I said it was during the pandemic. It wasn't. It was before the pandemic um but it was still online though and then I went traveling in 2019 
And uh, when I was in Rome at the hostel, it was really funny. So as I was walking up to reception to sort of say I was there and ready to find my apartment and things, um, this other girl walked out and I, I didn't realize that she had been the yoga teacher. So as she was leaving, I was going in and I realized that their event schedule said they had yoga classes. And I was like, oh, I love yoga. You know, I can't believe that you have yoga classes here. And they said, oh, yeah, but our yoga teacher has just walked out the door. She's uh, moving on to another country, so we can't run them now. And I feel like it was meant to be. So I said, look, I'm not qualified, but I'd love the challenge if if you'd allow me to teach. Um, and they said, absolutely. Like, can you start tomorrow? So um, wow. it was really, it was quite scary because, uh, you know, not only first time teaching in person without experience but also in another country where a lot of the attendees were like from across the world so they spoke different languages and um yeah it was amazing that the the hostel was really really big so we did it on the rooftop at sunset so it was such an amazing experience and I was really nervous but I taught it every single week on a Tuesday and after I came home from from my traveling uh, it was a while later and I thought, yeah, I want to I wanna be qualified. Um, and that's when the pandemic hit. So I actually had to do my qualification online. Um, so I'm going to look to do further training in the future. And then shortly after I was qualified at the end of 2021, I started teaching classes on a Tuesday evening, just like I'd done before. And then I thought I wanted to create more of a business out of it um, with Ebb and Flow. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of grown since then from just doing Tuesday classes to more online. Um, that's what people are used to after the pandemic and one-to-ones. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is incredible that you just put yourself out there and did it without even like being a qualified yoga teacher. Like that's so cool. (laughs) Thank you. So yeah, my next question was going to be, how do you incorporate yoga into your travels? So do you actively search out hostels or um, like yoga specific destinations or yeah, or do you just do like a daily practice wherever you are? That's an interesting question. I like that you've asked that. Um, Yeah, I actually, I do uh, tend to try and incorporate it. So I wouldn't say I necessarily look for hostels that do yoga. However, if I do come across one that does offer classes, I'm instantly more attracted to to go there. Uh, if I travel, I usually will look up classes, um, local classes. I can't say I've ever attended many, um, apart from if I've been on like a, a holiday where it's like an all-inclusive holiday and they're doing them anyway, you know, as part of an activity club. I've done them before. Um, but if there's no classes or if I don't have the time to go to a class, especially if I'm traveling with a friend and maybe it's not their kind of thing, I will usually just do yoga um, in the hostel or hotel room. So I have a travel mat. I don't travel with it despite it's a travel mat um, just because of like flying and things. But I usually just put a towel down or something on the floor and then even try and get 10 minutes in, whether it's something I've made up myself or just YouTube videos. There's so many good videos on YouTube. Um, But yeah, it's nice to incorporate, I think. Do you have any recommendations, like channel shout outs for people that you 
practice with? Oh, um, yoga with bird. Oh, okay, yeah. Like yeah, she does. She does some really good shorter ones. That's like ten minutes long. Um, Jessica Rich Richberg Reichberg. I'm not entirely sure how to say her second name, but she's also really good. Uh, I find them both very calming. Their voice is very calming and just really nice flows. Um, can I think of anyone else? Oh, yoga with Tim. So he does more power yoga. If you're looking for something that's going to make you sweat, um, yoga with Tim is really good. He's also really funny, which I think is important when you're doing things like power yoga because it can be quite a challenge uh but he makes it fun so they're probably my top three people mm, okay cool yeah i'll have to check some of those out um my personal favorite is probably like the most popular yoga youtube channel it's boho beautiful so i recommend their videos oh, for as well. yeah, i've seen her do you um watch yoga with adrian ever oh yeah i do she's amazing yeah she's really good so I have another question. What would you say the difference is between, you know, how you first started out practicing yoga, having your own private practice versus teaching yoga? Like, how is that process uh, in yoga different? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I would say being, I'd say being present um when you're teaching it's really important to be present as well I think okay so I think a struggle with teaching is if you've not had a great day and um, like if I'm at my sort of main full-time job and I've had a really stressful day the fact that I have to go into a class and kind of switch not personalities but switch completely from this stressed person to this calm Zen person who needs to to give that energy to others, I think that can be so difficult. It's so different if I was to come home from a really stressed day and put on a YouTube video and do my own practice because I can be patient with myself and take time and understand that my breathing might take longer to slow down and um, just appreciate that my body might take a bit longer to just become still. However, if I'm teaching a class, I have to do that instantly. And I'd say that can be quite a challenge. However, I try and be quite honest with people in my class. Um, you know, I don't try and hide anything. There's been times when I've been literally in floods of tears five minutes before class has started because of something that's happened um, in that period of time. And I've just been quite honest with people and said, look, I'm not having the best time at the moment however I'm here to provide this space for you um so if I'm not at my best today please be patient with me however I'm still going to try and provide the best class I can and it can be difficult opening up about that because obviously people come to a class and they have expectations but at the same time I think it's good to remind people that you're human and also you have to remember that some people turning up to your class might also have had a really bad day or be really stressed and trying to hide the tears that they've cried five minutes ago because they've paid for a class and you know they've turned up now so I think sometimes it makes people feel better and to realize that when you do yoga you just have to turn up as yourself as you are completely you don't have to 
be this super flexible um present-minded person who's you know super positive energy all the time like if you turn up to class and you're feeling really stressed that's that's okay I think it's important to just turn up as you are um and just reap the benefits from the class itself so yeah I would say that's the kind of difference is when I'm practicing myself I definitely I'd say I'm able to flow a bit better because I'm not having to cue anything or, or just think about anyone else I get really in my own mind I like to put music on um and kind of add a bit of my own movements to it if I'm doing something on YouTube or I just love putting on um handpan music I don't know if you've heard of it before really recommend listening to it um it's really calming and just kind of getting in the zone um so yeah I would say it's personal practice easier to get in the zone so sorry that was quite long long-winded answer <laughs> well yeah thank you so much for your response I I would say yoga should be definitely a super non-judgmental space like yoga do you don't have to be perfect in, in yoga it's not the goal um so yeah you should always feel better about yourself when you practice yoga not worse yeah absolutely um okay do you have any long-term visions or goals with ebb and flow yoga um i so a kind of dream that i do have is to teach uh, younger children, um, sort of, well, from baby age, actually, baby age, from babies, um, as they grow up, because my thought is that children who grow up in in more difficult situations, you know, if they've not got many adults present who uh, give them a good upbringing or give them that support, they might not have anyone to talk to and so kids might turn to violence or alcohol or just you know that kind of thing so my aim is that if I can try and teach children or um, babies or young teenagers yoga I want to be able to give them the tools so that they can calm their mind and um yeah, sort of give themselves the support and the safe space without having to rely on others from a young age. Um, not only that, but I think just teaching them how to to breathe properly and becoming more aware of their breath and their body. Um, because I think a lot of people grow up with anxiety and if you don't learn about the breath and proper breathing techniques, you know, things like panic attacks are, are horrible to have and experience. So I just want to be able to give them those tools so that it can hopefully reduce the amount of anxiety and violence and things like that that there there is for people growing up so that um yeah they can just grow up happier I guess yeah that, I think that's a beautiful goal Lauren I'm oh my gosh I 100% like support you in that I hope you get to do that one day because oh, thank you so especially much. with mental health problems on the rise yeah, I think it's I think it's important. Um and you know, I've seen a lot of people grow up in, in Scotland and I think the kind of culture we have, at least growing up, Scottish people are, have quite a lot of pride and you know, the thought of breathing or doing yoga is not something that they would typically 
think of, but I've seen it happening more in schools now. And it, it's not going to be easy. Obviously, kids are kids and they won't always want to be to be still, but at least if they if they know how to be, you know, they can use it at another time when they might need it. So Yeah, no, it's it's true. Like we aren't taught to breathe because it's it seems like an intuitive thing, but if you can I mean, of course, like everyone's heard meditation and focusing on your breath is important, but it's true, like it could truly transform um like your immediate state and have lasting effects throughout the day and, and your life even. So I think it's very important. Exactly. Yeah, you're so right with that. Um, okay, so some final wrap-up questions. What is your dream destination? Oh, dream destination. I asked somebody this the other day and I don't even know what mine would be. <laughs> um, I really want to go to New Zealand. Um, yeah, and Australia. I've heard New Zealand is actually very similar to Scotland, so I'm not sure if it would be disappointing at all. No, but I think it looks absolutely beautiful, and I think the people are really nice. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to do Asia as well. I've never been to any Asian countries, and I think that would be super cool. So, um, yeah, so quite further afield, I guess. Definitely warmer than Scotland, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about that. And then what is a memorable meal you've had during your travels? A memorable meal? Ooh, these are all such good questions. Um, a memorable meal. Uh, it's not really a meal. One thing I do remember is in Budapest, my friend and I went to get these ice creams and they made them in the shape of a rose. Um, that was really pretty. That was cool. Uh, I guess a memorable meal would be when I was in Rome, the hostel that I worked in, it was such a huge hostel. They even had an escape room <laughs> underneath reception. Um, but they used to do cooking classes. So they had a big room and what you would do is you would go along to the local market and you would choose out your ingredients like along with the chef and then you'd come back and in a big group, you'd all cook together. So we made fresh pasta, obviously, Italy. Um, and yeah, there was a girl there that I had met in the hostel from Australia. She was really, really nice. And um, it was just such a fun day, like getting to cook together and then you'd sit and eat together uh, what you just made. And you spent hours with everyone. So um, it was really good food, but I think just like the experience itself just topped it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds so wholesome. And fresh yeah. pasta. My gosh. Like that, nothing could beat fresh pasta. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and then lastly, what is a special place in your heart? A special place in my heart. Um, I would actually say Spain. So I really want to move to Spain. I speak Spanish. Uh, I was no pair there years ago back in 2018 and um, so I, I think of myself as I have like a Spanish family there although I don't really keep in contact I obviously know they're still out there um, my friend and I went to Madrid last year and it's a place that I've not stopped thinking about I just I just love the culture I thought the city was so much fun and it just seemed happy like there was always something going on um, and ever since I've been there I just yeah, I, I want to move there in the future. So it doesn't really hold much sentimental value, but 
uh, like Madrid itself. But um, I just, yeah, I think the culture is amazing. So I would have to say Madrid. Yeah, I'm dreaming of Spain as well. You just made me like want to go so bad. <laughs> you should. You like Madrid. Like, I, if it was between Madrid and Barcelona, I would actually say go to Madrid. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that Madrid is a better place to live, and Barcelona is just like it's a good place to visit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would say. I mean, not that I've lived in either, but I would. I can see that being true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lauren. If you want, you could leave your socials, where can we find you? If you want to practice yoga, um, you could shout out your brand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my website is ebflowyoga.com. Um, I do teach online as well and um, Instagram, ebflowyoga. So, uh, or my, my normal Instagram is lorenzo.emzo or lorenzo underscore emzo. I always forget. It's something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if you want to practice yoga or have any questions about yoga or traveling, you can, you can reach out to me there. Um, and thank you so much for having me on. It's been so nice. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. If you can take 10 seconds out of your day, please spread the travel love by following this podcast and giving it a rating. Or if there's anyone else in your life that has a case of wanderlust, it would mean so much if you shared this episode with them. You can find me sharing even more travel-related content on Instagram at God of Case of Wanderlust and on my personal Instagram at Lydia Schultz, double Z. I also have a travel blog for my extra passionate travelers out there, which can be found at godofcaseofwanderlust.com. And all of this can be found in the show notes.